You're listening to Wings All Access right here on NLL.com. And now, Wings play-by-play man, Dave Walls. We welcome you to another episode of Wings All Access here on NLL Radio. And thank you for those of you subscribing on iTunes and listening on Stitcher Radio. Hi, everybody. I'm Dave Walls, play-by-play announcer for your Philadelphia Wings. John Barchard not in with us this weekend. Uh, Unfortunately, it sounds like he's got a case of Cheez-It poisoning. I I wonder how he got that one. (laughs) Well, maybe it's because he got all the Cheez-Its. We'll talk about the picks coming up in a little bit. A lot to talk about in this episode of Wings All Access as your Wings had a doubleheader last weekend against the Rochester Nighthawks and the Buffalo Bandits and neither game going the way the Wings wanted. But certainly, I don't think you can really point out too many situations and win the team that you're rooting for loses both games in a weekend, and yet you still have a lot of positives to point out. And yes, I know I'm the half glass full guy. I'm the, I see bright, shiny rainbows and puppy dogs all the time, but yeah, we'll talk about some of the the bad spots as well. But I think there is a lot to look forward here to this wings game. And again, the wings with another double header this weekend, a home and home starting off with uh, the Minnesota Swarm coming into the Wells Fargo Center that game time 12 noon on Saturday and I'll be back behind the microphone right here on the lacrosse network but before we get to that we've got score sheets to walk through shot and score Kevin Crowley for the score sheet yeah do we really yeah i guess we do have to walk through the score sheets because there's uh, that's certainly how we're going to be able to point out a lot of the things we need to talk about here first of all as we come into the nll week three we had game number one of the philadelphia wings weekend the wings head up to blue cross arena a packed house nearly 6500 of rochester's best out watching their Nighthawks open up the campaign trying to go for the three feet. Got started a little bit late as they were doing a Hall of Fame ceremony for Steve Donner uh, for the Nighthawks and certainly the former owner. Well-deserved honor for that man helping to launch the Rochester Nighthawks and uh, certainly make help start that franchise down the road there on now. It would get started early because, well, a name that Philadelphia fans used to cheer for and now every time they see him they just groan because they know what's coming dan dawson 19 seconds in steven keel setting up on that left wing side feeds it in front to dawson score dan dawson it only took him 19 seconds it's one nothing gets the immediate uh goal and it is one nothing rochester both teams though in the first quarter i'll say i thought the first quarter was very exciting you saw lots of back and forth very physical as well we saw uh Kluski and Sid Smith going at it they went off for minors also we had a double minor to Joel McCready for slashing it on sportsman like Kyle Sweeney near the end of the period got a slashing as well I thought both teams fought pretty hard and we go back and forth Philadelphia ends up taking the lead on two straight goals by Ryan Ward got a very good stick Brody Merrill so he's going to stay out there offensively and the dive in front the shot he scored and Ryan Ward and Kyle Buchanan shot that is bounced into the top corner 
Wow, that was an unbelievable shot by Buchanan there. He put a, he put a nice move there on Ian Lord. Just a quick sidestep, and it was a nice bounce shot over over the shoulder of Matt Vince. And that, I can't believe that ball went in the net, but that was an unbelievable shot by Buchanan. And, boy, what weekends both of these guys had. Ward has just been an offensive spark plug uh, for the Wings, really getting it started, and Buchanan has shown some absolute nifty moves. In fact, his bounce shot was the one on Fox Sports Live. Number five, Philadelphia Wings, Rochester Nighthawks. It's the National Lacrosse League. Kyle Buchanan spins around the defender and bounces it in. Jay Onright got a chance to commentate the National Lacrosse League for a second and pointed out Kyle's great bounce shot. So at that point, it's 2-1 to one Philadelphia. It becomes a tie game again. Joe Walters shorthanded puts it in from Cody Jamison and Stephen Keogh. Then Jordan Hall on the power play makes it 3-2. to two. Now at this point, this is with about uh, 2 minutes and 8 seconds left to go in the first quarter. And it is 3-2 Philadelphia. And you're thinking, hey, this is going pretty well. Philadelphia's up 3-2. They're battling. And here we go, everybody. It goes from a 3-2 Philadelphia lead all the way down to a 10-3 Rochester lead. It is an 8-0 run, and it just gets as ugly, and I'm not going to touch on a lot of it because, really, once it gets to be that ugly, you just kind of want – you don't really want to relive it, folks. Well, yeah, Cody Jameson gets it started right before the first quarter ends. He gets one to tie it up 3-3 after one. And then we've got goals from Joel McCready, Cody Jameson, Craig Point gets two power play goals in there, Brad Self, and then finally Dan Dawson closes out the second quarter with his second goal on the night to that point, and it is 9-3 at the half. Briefly touching on things, um, as we mentioned, penalties in this first quarter were pretty much even as both teams were battling back and forth. The second quarter, we really saw Philadelphia fall apart in a way that was very reminiscent to the middle of last year where the team would just have these lapses where it seemed like they would blink and three goals would be on the board for the other side. We would see penalties because people were undisciplined and they were out of position and they were trying to get back or just undisciplined, quite frankly. And we had a couple of those there. Brody Merrill, I think he'll be the first to tell you, he had a lot of loose balls in this game. In fact, if we go down the score sheet, Brody Merrill on the night, uh, no points, but he had 12 loose balls. Uh, and But he had four penalty minutes, and they were both killers because uh, Nighthawks were able to convert on both of them. In fact, Craig Point ends up getting both power play goals, so that assisted there. And Brody Merrill just had an off night there. Brad Self and Dan Dawson got it as well. So 9-3 to three at the half goes to 10-3 at the beginning of the third of Johnny Palace from Paul Dawson and Scott Campbell, and it's 10-3, to three, and Wings fans are going, hey, you know, let's see what's going on in the NFL playoffs tonight. But not so fast because the Wings get kick-started, and it comes, thankfully, from Rochester. Dylan Evans goes off for a five-minute major for the slash. Now, bit of a change to the five-minute major rule this year. Now the major penalty is released after two goals. It used to be after three, but still, any goals when you're down by seven <laughs> is a big thing. And Jordan Hall gets it started on the power play at 7:19. The shot by Jordan Hall, and he squeaks it home. From assist from Kevin Crowley, whom we'll talk about in a few minutes, and Tracy Kaluski. And then right after the penalty ends, so the Wings only get one, but right afterwards, Garrett Thule gets his second goal of, his, of the season. A little hidden ball play as Thule will take the feed on the near boards. Trying to get away from Scott Self, the shot he scored. The turnaround shot by Garrett Thule beats Matt Vince. It's 10-5. That makes it 10-5, and then just 30 seconds later, it's Tracy Kaluski, and then 20 seconds after that, Kevin Ross. And it goes from, at the beginning of the penalty, it's 10-3, and then literally within about a five-minute span, 
boom, boom, 4-0 run right there, and it's 10-7 going in the fourth. And it was a very quiet and very scary Blue Cross Arena as you began to see the eyes of the crowd going, what the heck is happening? We thought we had this one locked up. The Nightingales were already working on the post-game routine. And no, 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 hold on. In fact, we even come into the fourth. Kyle Buchanan gets his second goal of the night from C.J. Costabile right off the draw, 45 seconds in. It's a 10-8 game. Kevin Ross is then able to power it in for a 10-9 Rochester game. Ross now gives it to Buchanan. Buchanan's had one of the hot hands. Now Crowley over right wing side. The shot he scored. Ross with the bouncer. It is 10-9. It is a 6-0 run for your wings, and they have clawed back into this game. Unfortunately, that would be all they'd be able to muster up as, again, Dan Dawson gets the hat trick, finds himself in the goal. He's got great technique down by the crease, but I tell you what, if Rochester acquired the Dawsons in the Paul Rabel trade, and all Philadelphia fans know about that, I sometimes get the feeling that Rochester would be perfectly happy sitting Dan Dawson every game of the year until they play the Wings, and they would still get their money out of him. It's incredible because... Dan has just absolutely killed the wings in every matchup since the trade. He does so here, getting six points, three and three. And from here, uh, it's Dan Dawson, Craig Point, and then the unassisted goal from Stephen Keogh in the last 30 seconds to wrap this one up 13 to nine. We wrap up uh, the first game of the weekend. Uh, we have Matt Vince, 32 saves, not a high save output for Vince. His defense did a good job of keeping Philadelphia on the outside, something we had seen the Wings have problems with last year. Uh, Rochester was able to bunch up their offense down low and say, you're not getting inside. If you're going to beat Matt Vince, you're going to have to do it from outside. And the big guns for Philadelphia were unable to really get firing. So when they had to shoot from the outside, there was nobody inside to ever get a rebound. On the flip side, Rochester did a great job of getting those second and third and fourth opportunities at the shot. Now, they only got 47 shots on goal. Evan Kirk had a very inconsistent game. We'll talk more about that in a few minutes here. But certainly in that second quarter, that, you know, a couple of them were very good goals. And then there's a couple I think Evan would like back as well. Had a tough time, I think, all weekend really seeing the ball. And then again, when you get second and third opportunities and players are left open on the crease, you can only stop so many of those. But still, rough weekend for Evan. Uh, certainly starting off here in the Rochester game, he takes 35 saves and get the loss. couple of high points for Philadelphia. C.J. Costabile does a great job in the faceoff circle, 15 of 26 for 58%. And Jordan Hall with three points. And Kyle Buchanan leads all wing scorers two and four on the night. So that's it for the Rochester game. The Wings again down 13 to 9. Although, again, you, you know, you rally back, you know, from being down by seven goals and you come back within one. It's a, you know, it leaves you at least a little bit hopeful coming into the next game. And the Wings had their home opener the very next day at the Wells Fargo Center, taking on the Buffalo Bandits, whom they hung 17 on last time, would be a little bit of a different story here. But, you know, we saw a lot of the same storylines that, that we had seen the previous day in Rochester. As we start off here, first of all, first quarter, we see the teams kind of trade goals back and forth. Jamie Rooney on the power play for Buffalo at 348. Tracy Koluski. I got the idea that Tracy really liked playing his old team. Yes, he did at 502. It's on the power play. Tracy Koluski gets it and knots it up for one at from Kevin Crowley and Kevin Ross. Great Dane Smith, I tell you what, we talked about it in the preseason show. He is going to be a beast in the Eastern Division, and he certainly was in this game. He knocks up his first one of the game, makes it a 2-1 to one score. 
Kyle Buchanan gets his first of the game from Sweeney and Rannigan at 13.03. Now it's a 2-2 two two game, so Philadelphia would actually take the lead thanks to Kevin Crowley's power play goal with just 25 seconds left. So at the end of one, it's 3-2 Philadelphia feeling good. Well, wait a minute. And then yesterday in Rochester, the Wings were up 3-2. What happened there? Oh my God. That's right. The Buffalo Bandits go off in the second. Hang on. We go down. Sean Williams uh, gets it to make it a tie game 3-3. Now, Kyle Buchanan does uh, get his second of the game, makes it 4-3, but then it is all downhill the rest of the quarter as it's John Tavares getting the hat trick in the third two straight uh, within about 50 seconds of each other at 6:26, and then uh, about 50 seconds later, Dane Smith on the power play, Mark Stainhouse, and then Tavares gets the hat trick with about two minutes left to go, making it 8-4 to four at the half. And so Buffalo outscores Philadelphia 6-1 to one in the second, and you're going, all right, it's not out of control yet, but it certainly doesn't feel good. It's got, it really felt like the previous night. It really felt like, again, another long run with a couple goals maybe you'd like back. Again, it was another case where Buffalo was doing very well at not only getting players open by the crease, John Tavares, in one case, wide open sitting on the crease, and he was just able to dunk that in. And then a couple cases where Buffalo did a great job of being able to shoot the ball through traffic. Evan Kirk on a few of them was screened very well, didn't really see him that well, and boom, 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 you blink, and it goes from a 3-2 Philadelphia lead, and then you're down at the half, 8-4. Again, the third quarter wouldn't start much better either, as Banesh and Smith score for Buffalo. Pat Saunders gets one in there, his first of the year. But it's 10 to 5 with only about three minutes left to go here in the third, and the Philadelphia crowd already starting to groan a little bit. But hang on, Philadelphia fans. You gotta hang with us. That's why we're the Wings Army. We do not give up because Ryan Ward, number four, makes his uh, home debut in a long time. He, He started his career off with Philadelphia. It's been a long time since he's been back. In the Wells Fargo Center in a Wings uniform, and boy, Philadelphia fans were happy to see him. Back in the line for Philadelphia. Here's Ward with a shot. He scores. Knocks up two goals right at the end of the third, one on the power play, and then with about 45 seconds left, gets one from Crowley, and Kaluski makes it 10-7. to The crowd is energized, and they carry the energy over into the fourth quarter. Down on the floor. The Wings have a breakaway and a shot in the goal, and that one is scored by John Radigan, the rookie, out of Johns Hopkins, and that is his first NLL goal. John Rannigan gets his first NLL goal. He gets the breakaway and was able to beat Cosmo, and then in a period of 39 seconds, the uh, Rannigan goal comes at 6.01. We've got Ryan Ward again making it a one-goal game. Plenty of time, 8.36 remaining here in the fourth quarter. Wings on the attack again. Buchanan, top of the slot as it goes to Ward. He scores! And then 11 seconds later, before we even back from replay, it's John Tavares with his fourth on the night. An 11-9 score. Tavares did something which he hadn't looked like in a few years. He looked like he was having fun again. He, he did not have a good 2013 campaign. It looked like his years were finally starting to show on him. In fact, even in the last Philadelphia game, they held him without a goal. What Buffalo did very well here was John Tavares is at the age now where he doesn't respond as well to the pressure being put right on him. If you're playing tight defense on John Tavares, he's not going to be as successful. But what John Tavares has always done well is if you give him a little bit of room, he's going to find a way to be able to slip and past you and create his own space. And that's what he did in this game. In fact, one of the goals, again, he's wide open on the crease, just sitting there 
and dunks it in. But when you give Tavares enough room, Tavares still has the wheels to be able to move, be able to create a very powerful shot that is hard to stop. Four goals in regulation here for John Tavares. Now, again, 11-9, we're winding it down. No penalties here in the fourth. Tracy Koleski does it again against his former team. 6-17 remaining fourth quarter. Buffalo 11, Philadelphia 9. Kevin Ross, far side pass over to Tracy Koleski. He eludes a couple of checkers. Koleski scores! At 8-54, making it a one-goal game. And then number four gets number four. Cleared out with an outlet pass by Evan Kirk. And here come the Philadelphia Wings, led by Brody Merrill. Shot goals! That's going to go to Ryan Ward. Four goals on the afternoon for Ryan Ward, and we have a tie game here in Philadelphia. At 10.59, Ryan Ward gets it from Brody Merrill on the fast break, and of course off the outlet from Evan Kirk, who, you know, it's kind of unfair to say Evan had a poor weekend. He certainly didn't have, I think, the best weekend. He's His second quarters in both games, you really saw him struggle, and you saw him struggle with a couple other things. We're going to talk about that in a second. I don't want to take away from Ryan Ward's moment. As a 10:59, Ward finds himself uh, the beneficiary of a great pass from Kirk and Brody Merrill is able to dive in front of the crease, bury it behind Cosmo. We are tied at 11, but in the last four minutes, nobody is able to score, and we go into sudden death overtime. It's what makes the NLL so great. The sudden death overtime, Philadelphia unable to convert as they win the faceoff, but they're unable to convert. In fact, they even get a shot off, really. And then Buffalo brings it down. John Tavares finds a little bit of room, and, well, you can kind of guess what happens there. John Tavares, the bulk of the offense today for Buffalo. In over the line is Ryan Banesh. Banesh tipping it back over to Joey Resitaris. Now back over to John Tavares. But he said he scores! Tavares shoots it through the screen from Resitaris and Ryan Banesh and buries it. Goal number five for the 45-year-old legend. Tavares ends it 12-11. to Plenty of bright spots in this game, however. Uh, first uh, for Buffalo, again, John Tavares, seven points on the night, five goals, two assists. Dane Smith, another stellar game from him, three goals, six assists, nine points on the night, along with six loose balls. For Philadelphia, it's number four, Ryan Ward, five points on the night, four goals, and an assist. We also had uh, solid output from Tracy Koleski, two and two. Kyle Buchanan got three points as well with two goals and an assist. Moving up, Jordan Hall with four assists. Crowley showed up and uh, on the score sheet in this game with one goal and four assists. We also had goals from Saunders, Rannigan, and I believe that's it. If I'm looking quickly through the score sheet, yeah, it is it as far as scoring. We also had assists from Evan Kirk in there and Kyle Sweeney. And Kevin Ross also with two assists in that game as well. Goaltending-wise, again, low output of shots for Philadelphia. Really, if you're just looking at the shots on goal, Philadelphia outshoots Buffalo. 54 to 43. Give Cosmo some credit. I'm one who, you know, in past weeks has been saying, you know, I don't know if he's a solution anymore in Buffalo. He's certainly just been all over the place. But uh, Cosmo did well, especially in the second half when Philadelphia was rallying. He, uh, of course, he did let in quite a few goals in that run, but he really maintained his composure in ways that I don't think we had seen from him in recent uh, weeks. When Cosmo, you know, would have a run go against him, he seemed to get a little flustered, seemed to be a little bit all over the place. We saw a more confident Anthony Cosmo in net for Buffalo, and he makes 43 saves and gets the win. As for Evan Kirk, again, uh, only 31 saves on 43 shots. He takes the loss. And in fact, something I had been mentioning to uh, my producer, John Barchard, over the weekend 
Uh, and it's funny because, as you, some of you may know, Evan Kirk and Brandon Miller, the Wings uh, goaltender who is currently on the uh, protected player list. Hopefully we get to see him back in a Wings uniform at some point soon. But Evan Kirk and Brandon Miller were both on the Six Nations squad up in Major Series Lacrosse. They won the Man Cup over Victoria over the summer. So these guys have been teammates. And the one thing that made that partnership work so well was they're both top-notch goaltenders. You know, you got the veteran in Miller and the younger goaltender in Kirk. And what made it special was when Kirk would have an off night, you'd bring in Brandon Miller. You know, it's it was almost like, you know, like the Atlanta Braves, if you want to go to Major League Baseball. You know, you've got you got Glavin, you got Smoltz, you got all these guys. And you know, if one of these guys is going to have an off night here, well, then you know the next night you're going to be able to bring in this guy and he's going to do just as well. That was the luxury that Six Nations had in these two goalies, and that's what helped to propel them to the Man Cup. When Kirk had an off night, you bring in Brandon Miller. Brandon would come in and have a couple great games. And then when Brandon faltered a little bit, you bring in Evan Kirk, and the two played off each other so well. And it was really a driving force, again, for Six Nations over the summer. And I felt like with Brandon, Evan Kirk reminded reminds me right now of where Brandon Miller was, say, two, three years ago. Brandon Miller... Uh, and he's a great goaltender. Please don't get me wrong, Brandon. I know you're listening. I love you, man. Okay, but <laughs> uh, Brandon Miller a couple of years ago did have one problem in that uh, teams were very successful with the bounce shot on him, and you know you could you could almost see it as teams would set up these plays uh, where players would specifically go for bounce shots, and so you know you would say you know I remember there's uh, one call out there that I did that said you know the the word is out you know the bounce shot on Brandon Miller, and it was obvious. In fact, the uh, Edmonton game uh, two years ago where Philly beat Edmonton 16 to 15. Uh, there must have been four or five bounce shots in that game that Edmonton scored on. And but then coming in, you know, through the summer season and then coming into training camp, Brandon Miller looked like he had worked on that. And that was not an issue in 2013. Teams tried it. But Brandon Miller shored himself up, took a look at his weaknesses and said, this is what I got to work on. And he came out and had a spectacular 2013 season. Point with all this is that I feel like Brandon Miller two years ago is where Evan Kirk is now. He is a great goaltender, but he does have a couple things he still needs to work on. And, you know, Philadelphia fans, this is something that I think we can expect a little bit here coming throughout the 2014 season because Evan Kirk has not carried the load for a team yet in his NLL career. You know, with Minnesota, he would rotate with with Carlson. So here now, he's expected to be the number one. The only person behind him is Don Alton, who he saw one shot in the Rochester game as Evan Kirk had gone down late, uh, diving to make a stop, running back onto the field. And Alton was unable to make that save, the uh, last one with 30 seconds left. So it's primarily right now Evan Kirk's game. So as the season's going to go along, you know, we're going to see moments where Evan Kirk is going to you know, let a couple in, you know, and that's okay. It's not okay, but I mean, it's okay because what's going to have to happen now is someone, you know, will work with him, I'm sure. And the coaching staff will say, hey, this is what you're doing well. This is what you're not doing well. And what I just want to see is that progression. I'm not saying it's going to happen overnight, but if we start to see a more consistent performance from Evan Kirk, you know, even if there are tiny little lapses or areas here and there where he still needs to work on, if we start to see a more consistent performance from Evan Kirk, I still feel very positive because I thought the defense battled very hard in this game. Something, again, we mentioned the shot total. Uh, Buffalo only got 43 shots off compared to the Wings' 54, and that is in large part due to the defensive play 
of the Philadelphia Wings. Philadelphia did a very good job, and they did this in the first matchup in Buffalo, so it's not a surprise. They did a very good job of sealing off Buffalo from being able to get second and third shot opportunities. Very few of them. Something they had trouble with against Rochester, they've done it well twice now against Buffalo. In fact, and even the times where there were contestant shots, uh, contested rebounds and the contested opportunities for Buffalo to scoop the ball back up. We saw much more physical play from the defense. Quite a few more checks, stick strips, and stick checks that were able to knock the balls loose. The Wings forcing 10 turnovers on the night, and really the defense just with an amazing job in that game, keeping it as close as they did. So unfortunately, the Philadelphia Wings drop both of the games. Now they are one and two. Taking a quick look at the NLL standings, Rochester now perfect 2-0 with Buffalo right behind them. Now a half game back at 2-1. Toronto sits in third place, a full game back, 1-1. One one. Uh, odd, though, because in their two games, they've already scored 26 goals compared to Rochester only having scored 21. Philadelphia currently sitting in fourth place, a game and a half back, but Philadelphia in their three games scoring 37 goals. In fact, they have the same goal output as Buffalo. I'll tell you how tight this Eastern division is. And then we go down to the last place, and the team that Philadelphia is going to be facing this weekend, the Minnesota Swarm. And this is going to be a very interesting matchup on a couple levels. Minnesota right now is 0-2, as they uh, lost last weekend to Vancouver 8-5. And then in the season opener, they battled hard against Rochester, but fell 8-6. This is a team that, through two games, has the best defense, but they also have the worst goal scoring. They've only scored 11 goals so far in this 2014 campaign. Now, certainly, we saw a more physical uh, style of play from Minnesota in the Vancouver game. You can see that one on the lacrosse network. Jumbo Elliott and Brad Challoner out at the Langley Event Center. They had a, a great crowd out there out in BC, but we saw much more physical play, but just having a hard time putting the ball in the net. They had a, quite a few power play opportunities. We got to see number one draft pick Logan Schuss uh, score a goal and get in a fight. He had a lot of friends and family out there in Vancouver, but as far as consistent offensive play, that's going to be a real concern. And again, when you go the route that, say, the Philadelphia's and the Minnesota's go, where, you know, by choice or, you know, by circumstance in Philadelphia's case, you know, you're going to have these cases where you're not going to form offensive momentum. I quite, quite frankly, I thought Philadelphia's initial goal output this season would be more along the lines of what Minnesota's done right now, meaning not much. Now, granted, we don't have as many rookies. We, among the rookies that we do have are primarily on defense. You know, we have uh, quite a few more experienced scorers up front, but certainly, you know, it takes a little bit of time just to build that cohesion and just to, for the offense to start to gel a little bit. And Minnesota certainly has not done that on any level. But Carlson so far, and only letting up the 16 goals combined in two games, has certainly proved that he and the defense are up to the task, at least at keeping Minnesota in these games. And so there's that and then of course you're going to have the storyline of minnesota's goaltender carlson versus philadelphia's goaltender kirk of course they were both teammates minnesota could have kept one or the other and they decided to get rid of evan kirk so of course you know the gamesmanship is going to be very high coming into these two weekend games so the philadelphia wings have a double header in front of them this weekend again the home and home starts saturday 12 noon at the wells fargo center 
Get your tickets at wingslax.com. If you cannot make it to the game or if you're listening out in Minnesota, we do want to encourage you to watch the broadcast on the Lacrosse Network. I'll have the call for you. Incidentally, I watched uh, last week's game both against Rochester and on Buffalo via the Lacrosse Network. I was able to put that up with my Apple TV, put it right on the big screen. That is the way to go if you have the option to do that or find a way to do it. The picture looks great on any device, so don't even worry about it. Kick up your feet and keep in touch with the Wings and the National Lacrosse Network on the Lacrosse Network. All right, everybody, before we get to the picks, let's go ahead and do a quick recap of what happened in the league last week. Certainly, uh, we mentioned already that Philadelphia had dropped both of their games to the Rochester Nighthawks. That game final score 13 to 9, closer than the score would let, lead you to believe, but that's the way that one went. Two other games on that Saturday schedule uh, the Edmonton Rush on uh, George St. Pierre Knight, the mixed martial arts legend, the UFC champion, uh, was on the bench and was an honorary coach for the Edmonton Rush, and they put an MMA style beatdown on the Colorado Mammoth 17 to 6. We will talk about the Mammoth here in a minute. And then the Vancouver South over the Minnesota Swarm in a low-scoring affair up at the Langley Event Center, 8-5. Moving into the Sunday matchups, of course, the only one there was Philadelphia and Buffalo, and that one was 12-11 in overtime. The Bandits take that. The Bandits won both on the weekend, though. If we move back to Friday, they won 12-10 up at First Niagara Center. That was a game where Toronto had a pretty comfortable lead, and then uh, Buffalo was able to storm back in that one. In fact, if we pull up the score sheet for that one, at one point, uh, Toronto, I should say, was up 6-3 to three in the third, and then Buffalo goes off for a, a, a 6-0 run. They end up going 10-4 uh, and four in the second half in favor of the Bandits, and that was really the decisive factor there, a 10-4 run closing it out and giving the Bandits a 12-10 victory and you know, getting their first win on the season. And then in a much closer matchup, uh, the Calgary Roughnecks got uh, win number one on the season in their home opener up at Saddledome, defeating the Colorado Mammoth 13-10. to So we've got all sorts of storylines here. The big news out of the NLL uh, late this week is that Colorado has made a couple changes around, but it's been on the offensive side. Jamie Lincoln is gone out of Colorado, a pick that, you know, I know Jamie Lincoln lives out in Denver, but I tell you what, I wouldn't mind seeing him in the red and black of Philadelphia. It would be a good look. But Jamie Lincoln is gone, and in is Ethan Iannucci, the former wing and the former uh, the former stealth player, never suited for the Vancouver stealth, but he did suit up for the Washington stealth. He was cut in the preseason, and he will uh, suit up for the Colorado Mammoth. And now you look at that offense, and you've got Iannucci and John Grant out there at the same time. That is a one-two punch if there ever was, and that'll certainly add a little bit more. They also assigned Dean Hill, the uh, former wing. He never suited up for the wings, but he came over in the Brody Merrill trade. And then he was released and then played a couple years with Washington and did pretty well with them as well. Always seemed to be there with that with that sneaky goal that Washington always needed to give them an extra advantage. Dean Hill uh, was cut uh, from the stealth as well. And he now is on the practice squad for the Colorado Mammoth. All right, everybody, it's time. It's time for the segments that you know and love. It's time for the picks. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the picks. Here, the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. Money, 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 money,
All right, gamblers, get those Cheez-Its out. We have seven ways, seven big ways to win big here in week four. And, oh, boy, John Barchard, as I mentioned, he is not here. He is, uh, I'm, I'm sad to say, he's in Cheez-It rehab. You know, he's been, <laughs> he's had a little bit of a, an advantage over me so far. Very, very close. You can follow our picks on our Twitter account, at Wings All Access. John is only up right now by two over me on the season. In fact, if we go back to the picks last week, uh, the, really the deciding one for us was the Sunday uh, the Sunday game uh, with Philadelphia and Buffalo. Was I picked Philly 14-10, and John picked it 12-10 Buffalo, and it was 12-11, so very close. So I ended up winning, uh, well, he ended up winning with Buffalo on Saturday, won with Buffalo on Sunday as well. I won with Vancouver as he picked Minnesota, but John gains one on me on the season so this is the week where i make my comeback that's what i will tell myself and now i do have john's picks here let's get into that friday we've got two games on the lacrosse network first one is out in edmonton the rush look to go 2-0 at home as they host the calgary roughnecks john barchard takes this one first he likes what he's seen out of both teams so this one in his eyes is a coin flip he'll go with the home team the edmonton rush squeaking out an 11-9 win I'll go ahead and chime in here. You know, the battle for Alberta historically historically has been a pretty one-sided affair towards Calgary, but in recent games, you know, say from the middle of last season and then into this season, we've seen Edmonton start to claw back in this one a little bit, piece by piece. And I'm going to agree with John. I think Edmonton's going to take this one, but I like a one-goal game in this one, and I like it to be a little bit more high scoring. So I'm going to say... 13 to 12 Edmonton. And I got the yeah, I take the rush in this one. Tighter battle. I think they're going to put some points on the board by the Edmonton 13 to 12. All right, also moving into the late games on Friday up at the Langley Event Center. It is the Vancouver Stealth against the Colorado Mammoth. The upgraded Colorado Mammoth and John, and John has his pick here. I'll read that second. But I, you know, we talk about last second moves and picking up Ethan Ianucci. You know, the, even though Colorado is having their goaltender issues right now, is it Belanger? Is it Ward? Can someone just stay in the net? But with the firepower that the two of those players can bind, can bring, and then you got Drew Westervelt there as well. Yeah, I like Colorado in an upset in this one. I'm going to say it's going to be a ten to eight stel- uh, the ten to eight Colorado win. Ten to eight Colorado. That's the way I see that one because you know what? You got Ianucci who got cut by the stealth. He's in fact he tweeted out right after he got cut. He said, Figures, I'm in the best shape of my career, and he even tweeted a picture. And we'll just say I agree with him. He's in the best shape of his career. Now I've got no one to play for. Where else would you want to go for your first game than to play the team that just cut you? You want to talk about motivation? You want to talk about revenge on your mind? Ianucci's got all that. And I say I say he puts up a hat trick in this one. I got a 10 to 8 for the mammoth. John Barchard lays the cheese. It's on the line. He goes for the home team, the Vancouver Stealth. In a squeaker, though, 12 to 11, JB takes the stealth. All right, that's the Friday slate, but it's all about the Saturday and the one Sunday matinee. Let's start off Saturday. We've got the Rochester Nighthawks looking to go 3 0 as they host the Toronto Rock. John Barchard will start this one, and he says another low scoring squeaker of a matchup. And I'm going to say that word squeaker a lot here just because I like saying squeaker in <laughs> Toronto. He says Toronto takes it 9 8. Ooh. 
you know, that's an interesting pick because we both in the previous week, we both picked Philadelphia to squeak it out nine to eight over Toronto. And I thought it made sense then. I don't think it makes as much sense now. I think to, I think Rochester has proved Rochester always seems to do just enough to win. And Toronto surprised me in their game against Calgary with the offensive firepower that they had. Now, granted, they got they blew their lead against Buffalo 12 to 10, but I still think this is a Toronto team that has enough firepower and enough uh, fortitude to really be able to take it to the Rochester Nighthawks. And I'm going to have to go against John again here. I'm going to take... Um, no, I'm sorry. I agree with John. John takes Toronto 9-8. to eight. I'm going to take Toronto as well, but I think it's going to be a little bit more high scoring. Uh, I'll say 11-9 to nine Toronto as I fill out my my uh, ballot here, my <laughs> my official scorecard, so that way the bookie knows where to collect the cheese. It's, yeah, we both take Toronto there. I got it 11-9. He takes it 9-8. to eight. Moving down our Saturday schedule, Calgary now hosts as they come back from Edmonton and they uh, play a game at home against the Vancouver Stealth. I take this one first. Hmm, boy, I'm kind of torn on this one because I like what I've seen. Reese Dutch has come out smoking hot out of the season like you would expect. Uh, It's also the rookie Tyler Digby has looked outstanding for the Stealth. I don't know that this Vancouver team has done enough yet to convince me they can take down a team like Calgary So I'm going to have to go with Calgary in this one, at least early in the season. Uh, Yeah, yeah, that's the way I'm going to go. I'm going to go Calgary, and I'm going to say it's a 12-9 Calgary win. Wouldn't be surprised if I'm wrong on that one. Sitting here right now, that's what I said, Calgary 12-9. John Barcher texts in his pick to me right now, and he says, oh, he agrees with me too, Calgary 13-10. We're both pretty close on that one. So we both take the Roughnecks. Moving out to Denver. It is going to be Denver, the Colorado Mammoth, hosting the Buffalo Bandits. And boy, I tell you, Colorado, their one win this season has been at home. And yeah, you know, the last time these two teams played, it was uh, it was Colorado and Buffalo. It was up at First Niagara. We had... A five-on-five line brawl in the middle of the field. Now, granted, some of the players for Colorado are no longer there anymore, but uh, but still, we, you know, in the back of some of these players' minds, that's sitting there, and I, I don't expect a five-on-five line brawl, but I, I do expect this to be a very physical, physical game. Wouldn't be surprised if we see a fight in this one. I think the home field advantage is going to be a little much for Colorado in this one, a little bit too much for Buffalo to overcome, I believe. I think Colorado will take this one. I like this one at a 10-8 to matchup for the Colorado Mavis. So the, I, I got Colorado sweeping the weekend. As I mentioned, we don't actually pick these games ahead of time. And so uh, Colorado will take that one. And John Barchard lays it down. Boy, he thinks Buffalo is going to hang a 14 spot on Colorado. He says Bandits 14, Mammoth 12. Ooh, boy, I can't wait to collect from that one. I, I don't see Buffalo putting 14 up if they... If it took them overtime to get 12 against Philadelphia, even though Colorado's had their problems in goal, I don't know. I, I think, you know, John was maybe a little more impressed with Buffalo's performance than I was. Certainly, I'm always impressed with Dane Smith, but I haven't seen I haven't seen enough out of Buffalo yet, at least early in the season, to convince me that they can, you know, ha- consistently hang 14 or 15 on a team. So I don't see that happening just yet. So I got Colorado. JB takes the Bandits. 
Now, the final two games we've got to mention. Uh, it's a home-and-home. Home. Philadelphia hosts Minnesota on Saturday at noon. And then on Sunday, the matinee, Philadelphia goes out to the Hive to face the Swarm. All right. I will go ahead and I'll start this one. It is so hard to sweep a home-and-home. Home. It's, uh, you know, unless you're really cranking it out on all cylinders, it's so hard to do. I think both of these teams... You know, even with Minnesota only having 11 goals through two games, both of these teams have the ability to do so. I think Minnesota is tenacious. They're young. They've got the energy. I heard a great quote in the uh, the coaches' conference call this week, and the coaches from Minnesota were saying, you know, are we concerned? We only have 11 goals. Yeah, of course we're concerned. But you know what? We're young, and we're teaching our guys to execute the game plan. You know, it's not just about you know, being young and hustling around. It's about being smart. And I think they're still trying to mold this team. And again, when you're starting a a home and home on the road, you know, there's going to be, I think there's going to be mistakes from Minnesota. I think there's going to, you know, again, this is a young team. They haven't even, you know, played a game at this point against with their home fans, cheering them on. I think Kirk is going to rebound enough where this is going to be a Philadelphia win. I'm going to take the wings in this one 12 to 10. 12 to 10 on the Saturday game. Love calling a wings win. Can't wait to do it on Saturday. Uh, John Barcher takes the Saturday matchup, and he has the wings 12 to 8. So we're both calling a Saturday win. Now moving out into the hive, John Barcher is calling a weekend sweep for the wings 13 to 9. Wow. So John Barcher still thinks through four games, Minnesota is not going to enter double digits. I'm going to disagree with John on this one just for the reasons I just mentioned. Again, when you're going home and home, you have to be firing on all cylinders. You're playing the same team twice in two games. If you win the first one, you not only have to keep doing what you did the night before well, but you're going to have to add in a few wrinkles because you're going to have, you know, at least 18 hours for, you know, while you're riding in that plane, riding in that bus, however you're getting there to review. Gee, I got burned here. I got to fix this up. I don't see Philadelphia being able to do that, at least at this point, but I think they're going to fight hard. I'm going to say this is an 11-9 Minnesota win. Would love to be wrong on this one, Wings Army. It's us, you know, again, a home-and-home. It's a a lot to handle. Certainly, you know, this Philadelphia team can do it. I think this Philadelphia team has more offensive firepower. They've had their lapses on defense. Kirk can rebound. You know, and when you got a goaltender like Kirk who – you know, as I mentioned during the uh, the preseason show, or no, the, the uh, Wings All Access Summer Edition that's still on NLL Radio or on iTunes, you know, I mentioned when we were talking about the possibility of a goalie trade, I said, you know, Minnesota has a situation on their hands. They've got two top-notch goaltenders in Kirk, who, you know, they spent their first-round draft pick back in 2010 on, and then you've got Carlson. And you know what? You can date two girls at the same time. You can, but eventually when they find out about each other, they're going to look at you and they're going to say, you got to make up your mind. You know, you can't just keep this going. You got to make up your mind. Minnesota made up its mind. And whether or not the Wings coaching staff or whether or not Evan Kirk comes out and says it, you know, in the back of his mind, he's going, they, they thought that much of me to use a number one draft pick. But then they like this guy. No matter how much Evan Kirk likes Tyler Carlson, Carlson likes everybody else in Minnesota, you're going to have that little bit of just something seething you know you can see the teeth grinding a little bit and that's what i want i want this to be a down and dirty weekend i want evan kirk to be fired up i want this defense to be fired up and i want evan kirk to make a statement in this game that 
this is my job. You know what, Minnesota? You had me. You should have rode me to the Champions Cup. You almost got there. You didn't do it. I was the goaltender who could have taken you. And you know what? Now I'm going to fly high with the wings, and we're going to take this baby all the way. That's what I want to see out of Evan Kirk, and that's what could happen this weekend when the Swarm and and the Philadelphia Wings go to battle. It's a home-and-home, and you can watch it all on the lacrosse network well that does it everybody for wings all access here for week four first of all thank you so much for listening to the show on nll radio make sure you subscribe on itunes and get it on your uh, on your itunes feed or right on your iphone i download it right from my iphone so that way it's right there or if you've got an android you can listen on nll radio just go to nll.com slash radio or this show is also available on stitcher you can download that app from your app store or go to stitcher.com it's a great uh, service for streaming podcasts and we've got wings all access listed there many ways for you to keep in touch with us here at the wings army and also of course make sure you follow us on twitter at wings all access for myself at dave walls and for my producer at john barchard again i'll be back behind the microphone for my fifth year has it been that long already i'll be back behind the microphone for the swing swarm game from the wells fargo center this saturday at 12 noon and please i do want to hear from you love talking to all the members of the NLL community. For everybody at the Philadelphia Wings and the National Lacrosse League, for my producer, rest up, buddy, and enjoy those Cheez-Its while you can. For my producer, John Barchard, I'm Dave Wall saying thanks so much, everybody. We will talk to you next week. So long, everybody. You've been listening to Wings All Access right here on NLL.com.